Welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. This is Donovan here. You thought I was saying hi to you. I did. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> now I was talking to Melissa. <laughs> hi. You ever you ever met people that look at you when they pray? No. No. I am very thankful for that because I. So make sure you speak nice and loud and don't be shy of the mic. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, some people will look you in the eye when they pray. Like, they'll go, God, I just pray that you would bless. You see, see how you just felt? Nah. And I had someone doing that to me once, and they were like, what? And I was like, well, I'm like why are you looking at me? And he's yeah. like, well, are you uncomfortable? And I'm like, yeah, let me tell you why. Like, <laughs> when I talk to Sam. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Sam. Yep. Sam, let me ask you a question, Sam. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong person. You're talking to, if you're talking to me, look me in the eye. That's fine. But you're talking to the Lord. Well, where do I look? Now, if I'm talking to you, no, there's a way to do it. I think like this, man, I pray God would just bless you, but I'm talking to you. Huh. And I pray that he would give you a great day, you know, but that's different than I'm talking to God. So anyway, right. Um, that's it. That's the show. All right, let's go. Right. Yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> So today I have uh, with me Saldron. Mm. That's me. And Maldron. Hey. You didn't know yes, my name was Saldron. Yeah. So <laughs> Sam Waldron. Mm. And uh, I've had this thing for years where I kind of take the uh, the first letter of the first name and delete the first letter of the last name, crimp them together, and sometimes it just works really great. <laughs> and Saldron is one of those. <clears throat> Mine isn't very good. Danta Maria. It's just not... I don't think it'll stick. So you are <laughs> Maldron. These are your Lord of the Rings names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Saldron and Maldron. That was the first thing that I remember in conversation with you is saying, oh, you have this name and it sounds like Lord of the Rings. And then I realized all of your sermon illustrations are Lord of the Rings. So that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've only ever read one book. That's all I've got. Only Lord yeah, of the Rings? Yeah. Okay. Not even the Bible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Saldron yes. and Maldron, Sam yes. and Melissa Waldron, uh, thanks for being here today. What we're yeah. gonna we're gonna we'll get to the topic at hand, but first I want to chit chat with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the topic at hand, we're talking about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. You messaged me and said, "Hey, would you like to do a podcast on this?" Yeah. And uh, usually, if someone invites themselves to the podcast, I say no because they invited themselves. Huh. It's that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> Um, because there's sometimes a bit of presumption in that. Yeah. But uh, that wasn't the case because I thought this was actually a really interesting topic and and uh, been familiar with your story a bit. And yeah. I think it'd be great for the church to hear what God's been doing in your guys' lives. So, yeah. uh, but prior to that, let's get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, you do some music. I do. Um, well, we've seen you play at Redeemer. You play in the band. You play guitar and, and stuff. Yeah. Guitar and stuff. That's specifically what I Yeah. <laughs> what do you... Yeah, tell us a little bit about your band. What it's called. Yeah. And um, uh, why you do the things you do. Yeah. Um, so the band's The Unsettled Serenade. Um, why is it called that? That's a good question. Uh, 
Yeah, so it was formed. I have, it's a long answer. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna start this again. It stopped on me. Mm. Well, I hit escape. <laughs> it stopped on me. That's one way to put it. I thought it would just shrink the window, but I'm good. I'm going. Okay, unsettled okay. serenade. Yes. Why? Um, yeah. So I have to start with James and I in 2014. James Hamilton. Um, we'd known each other for years, and he went through a horrible year where his their house was flooded. I don't know if you remember in 2014 there was like minor flooding. Right. Yeah. And um, they were down in the valley near the river where it was really bad, and uh, his basement got flooded out, and he was in the basement at the time. So they were dealing with that. Meanwhile, I was going through a divorce, and uh, we had been playing music together for a couple of years, but it would never really went anywhere we weren't planning on doing shows or anything and all of a sudden songs just started manifesting out of those experiences um and you know as we're processing through these uh times like christians you know um the the thought that it was how do i say this it was a mess but there was music coming out of it because literally that's what was happening you know god right. was providing um, how do I say this? Uh, you know, something abundant to come out of the the death of that situation. Yeah. You know, the destruction of their house, and in my case, you know, the destruction of my marriage, and we were just going through all this, you know, hellish stuff, and and yet somehow there was just this goodness coming out of it, and that's that's what that's the name. Yeah. 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 Well, that's you know, good art comes from pain. You know what I mean? <sighs> I didn't know that until everything started happening, you know, because, like, I'd always wanted to play music, but it lacked substance. Well, it's not just art. You know, one of the things we talk about is, uh, you know, the, the gravity and gladness. Yeah. The, the cross is, like, the, the most horrific thing and the most terrific and, yeah. thing, you know, like, and uh, it's the kind of thing we don't want, we don't enjoy walking through, mm. you know, but then yeah. you can look back and see how life was forged there. I feel that a lot. <laughs> like, especially the circumstance, like, not, I don't want to get ahead of stuff, but you know, like the divorce itself is exactly that. That was, mm -hmm. that was my experience personally. I'm sure she, she can tell you about that. Yeah. Um, so what's a, what's a good song that gives, would give people a taste? Here's your intro to, yeah, the yeah. unsettled serenade. You know, I'd say reflections. Um, that's the one that we always do when we introduce a show. Um, that's the first song. And oh, you have a lyric video on YouTube. Don't. Oh no. Yeah, you, yeah. You can put that one in there. It's it's that one's. Um, let me think about it. I think we did that in 2015. So it, our well, sound is different. Changed. One. It just says. Uh, it has your album cover on it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's, that's a, the one. Yeah. So that's a, a more modern, yeah, updated yeah, one. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, there's an ad. You guys get making money. Um, you have 67 views. <laughs> well, I mean, well, 60. Yes. Not on YouTube. Good riff. I like that little. 
I mean, I think mean, my background is mostly that. Yeah, we have a wide variety of musical backgrounds, but most of the rhythm guitar is This is legitimately good, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to play this over and over the whole... This is going to be... A, you said that last time. Now this is going to be the whole podcast. Yeah. That's, That's good. Joel, yeah. That's Joel singing? Yeah, on vocals. Cool. Well, you do some vocals too, right? Yeah, everybody does, actually. Um, okay. So... The first album didn't really have a lead vocalist. Um, it, it was just kind of the way things came together. But we're transitioning now. Josh is probably going to be doing most of the lead vocals. He's got that, like, rock voice. And cool. Good. really my thing. Um, yeah, is that, how does that, is, is that negotiated well? Do you guys... Yeah. You know, because I can see, you know, the guy that's the lead vocalist, he's the arrogant, I'm the best, I'm the... And then, like, you know, for someone to... For you to say we're all doing this and then for someone else to emerge as kind of the more lead, I can see that being a source of tension and conflict. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there are probably some people that would, uh, how do I say it, like want to have a, a shot at it. But at the same time, uh, I think we all recognize that Josh is, he's the clear vocalist. He's the, he's the one with the, with the, I don't know, when you hear like a, think a stereotypical rock voice on the radio, he's the mm. one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so people can find you on YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Google Play, Pandora, everything. Yep. And so. someday when, you know, maybe you'll be able to do live shows again. And Yeah, man. Uh, that's been missing. Like, uh, I don't know. I was trying to think the last time we had a live show was October of last year. And... Uh, we had plans for summer and everything fell through because of the coronavirus and it's just like I don't know yeah yeah well those days are coming yeah soon enough I believe yeah so thanks for a little bit about that mm -hmm. Melissa tell me about your band I don't have a band no? <laughs> you're just a solo artist um yes <laughs> what is your art uh that is a very complicated question yeah um because I have a lot of a lot of different kinds of art that I make. Yeah. Well, um, but nothing's really stuck, I guess, is how, how I can say it. Like, it's just nothing's really um, been, been uh, nothing's really flourished, I guess. Yeah. What have you enjoyed dabbling in? Um, well, art. It, like, sorry. Uh, painting. Painting, yeah, yeah. yeah. When people think of art, that may be one of the yeah. first things people go to is painting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, songwriting as well, um, poetry, writing in general. Um, let's see. Um, cool. You want to read us one of your poems? I don't have one with me. Oh, I, I should have had you prepared. <laughs> you haven't commended them to memory? Um, no, not really. I mean, if you want to hear one of my poems, I guess you could... Probably go I mean, they're on Facebook. You can literally just go read one. Yeah, or or uh, actually, I have a song that I contributed some lyrics to in Sam's band. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could listen to Melissa's song. Melissa's song. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> can I read you a poem? Yes. Yeah. It's not mine. Okay. Um. It's a poem by E.E. Uh, e. Cummings. Yes. Um, 
You heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. I really hadn't until recently. Oh, crap. What is it called? Hmm. It's called Since Feeling is First. Hmm. So, I'm going to get a little theological here. I believe, contrary to what might be taught in a lot of Christian circles, that the heart precedes the mind. As in, yeah. but you know, you, you to be transformed by the renewing of the mind, or the way people, Christians talk about it is, you know, the, 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 the biggest, the greatest distance is between the mind and the heart, right? Like we get things up here, but can we really press them down to the heart? There's this yeah. kind of idea that the way we are transformed is we take things in through our, our brain, our mind, and then that seeps down in the heart and transforms it. Mm. Uh, there's some sense in which that's true, but ultimately I think, no, it's the, the heart that's first. The, the soil needs to be receptive. It needs to be prepared, mm. right? So the, the, the heart will never receive the truth about Christ's glory unless it's, the, the soil is tilled, right? This is yeah. the, the regeneration before faith. That's mm. classic reform stuff. Right. Like the heart needs to be born again right. before it appreciates the, the beauty of Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's just not at birth, but ongoing transformation. The reason I have to tell my kids over and over and over again the same stuff, I'm telling them, but until the heart changes, until they love, until they mm. appreciate the affections, drive the man. The other, another argument I'd make for that is, why do you do things you know you shouldn't do? Right. Because you want them. Yeah. That's all there is to it. You know. Yeah. You don't care no, enough. you rule it out, you justify it. That's right. So the heart, so, the, the, so that's a, the, so the, this is called, the poem is called, Since Feeling is First. He's taking that as a premise. Feeling yeah. is first. Yeah. Now he's gonna. There's some things in here I don't agree with, but yeah. the general sentiment of this I like, and I think it's a love poem. He writes to a woman, mm-hmm. um, but I think it also could relate to our relationship to God. Yeah. Right. So here we go. Since feeling is first, he's taking that as a premise because that's true. Who pays any attention to the syntax of things will never wholly kiss you. Mm. In other words, if you're distracted with, well, yeah, but let's analyze and the syntax and study it. It's like, no, 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 no. That's a distraction at the root, at the bottom is feeling. And since feeling is first, who pays attention to the syntax of things will never wholly kiss you. Mm. Be distracted, right? Mm. And then he, with the next line is, I believe, is a, you know, an expression of what, it, what would be desirable. He goes, holy to be a fool, right? Like fools rush in. There's just... Just abandon, hmm. again, now again, he's going to overstep the case because I yeah. do believe in wisdom. Yeah. Right? But he, holy to be a fool while spring is in the world. It's like the time is now. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My blood approves. And kisses are a better fate than wisdom. Hmm. And we come back and analyze this. Yeah. Listen to this line. Yeah. Lady, I swear by all flowers, don't cry. The best gesture of my brain is less than your eyelids flutter. Hmm. The best huh. gesture of my brain huh. <laughs> is less than your eyelids flutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which says we are for each other. Yep. <laughs> then laugh, leaning back in my arms, 
for life is not a paragraph mm. to be analyzed, right? Mm. And death, I think, is no parenthesis. Mm. I think what he means in that last line is, so a parenthesis is... The would ending, get, yeah. Well, it's actually within a sentence. It would say there's more, but he's saying there's no more. So that's where, you know, there's parts I disagree with. Yeah, he's yeah. saying, now's the time, spring is in the air, forget syntax, let's yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so again, I could balance this with the, the value of wisdom and all that. Um, but he's really talking about the essence of the passions, hmm. right? Hmm. In the Christianity, the passions are dangerous, right? You gotta watch the passions. And I would just say, no, the passions just need re- or redirected yeah. and strengthened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? But they're the root, it's the bottom. So, anyway, mm-hmm. yes. cool poem. Excellent. Hey. The best gesture of my brain is less than your eyelids flutter. That's that's pretty dope, actually. I mean, like it's 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 kind of reminding me of you know. I say it's like the the best things are things that are outside of you. You know, like if you're so wrapped up in your own thoughts, which is a thing that you know, like I think personally, like I struggle with that at times. Just like lost in the. The, the thick of the dictionary of my mind. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I have to come up for air and I find that, like, the things that I've been preoccupying myself with didn't even, they weren't even that fulfilling. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just not the thing. Well, the way I put it is we want, we, the transrational, right? It's not irrational. Mm. Rational is here, we're thinking. Irrational is like, it doesn't make sense. But transrational, it's, it, and that's where I would say, I'm not, saying wisdom has no place i'm just saying it's not the best thing Mm. the best thing is to be caught up in frankly absent-mindedness kind of of the beauty of and power of god like i mean well it's think of sex yeah the best sex is when you're not thinking about if you're caught up in the syntax of things just think of that yeah right like oh are the lights right oh my shirt Oh, dude, I forgot to shave. Yep. Like, you'll never wholly kiss. <laughs> it's only when that's all gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. you're in the throes of love. Like, yeah. you, have to, you have to go with it. It's almost like it possesses you in a yes. way. Yeah. And you're telling me that, that the passion that God calls us to in Him is less than that? No. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. It's more than that, right? So it's. Now, somehow wisdom and the logos all gets mixed up in that. And so I, we want to be careful, right? I'm not throwing wisdom out the window. It's just, just about what's what's primary, right. what's ultimate, which is why we chase those things that 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 are transrational. Music can, can have that experience, yes. yeah. right? Absolutely. If you're caught up in this, oh, crap, did I fiddle that right? Is the sound That's right? That's the worst part of the it show. It sucks. Yeah. No, but what, yeah. the best part is when that all disappears and yeah. everyone's intoxicated. Yes. When the writer's intoxicated. Yes. Well, it can be the writer. It can be the audience. You know, it, it happens to me sometimes, you know, like when you're on stage, that's the best part is when you, for, it's like you, you don't forget you're there. But you forget what you're doing. You forget your your facade that you had to put up in order to be there or in order to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Because mm. it's not there anymore. Mm. You forget all of that. And I use the word intoxicated, like a, which I think is a fair analogy. What Paul says, don't be drunk with the Holy with the with wine, with wine yeah. but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Now I think the reason he does that is because there's an analogy with to be drunk with wine can assist in self-forgetfulness. That's why people do it. They want to lower inhibition, yeah. right? They're too concerned about the syntax of things. Oh my gosh, I don't know how to be at this party. And all of a sudden, 
alcohol starts to flow, and you're like, oh, we can laugh and be friends. Yeah. And there's I, don't, a, I don't remember where I heard it, but you know, it's like um, the somebody, who, who said this. Somebody said there's a reason it's called uh, spirits, you know, and it was just like, oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. So you just right. want one spirit. <laughs> Not just dead yeasties. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's good. Mm. Well, I want to get to the topic at hand. Um, mm, mm, mm. Enough of that nonsense. Oh, yeah. Love? <clears throat> Love. <laughs> so, Sam, I've, I've known you for a few years. When you yeah. uh, first came around Redeemer, you had been either going through a divorce or recently divorced. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I started attending in July of 2014. And June 15th was, like, the day. I remember, you know, it was, like, kind of the beginning of that whole event in my life. How old were you then? 26. Yeah. 26. 26. Yeah. So raised Christian. Yeah. Your dad's a pastor, right? Or yeah. elder? Or uh, no, he's a pastor. He's a uh, pastor. Down in Iowa City, yeah. So here, pastor kid, homeschooled? Yeah. All that good stuff. All the right things. The right yeah. things. Yeah. Divorced by 26. Yeah. How long were you married? Oh, gosh. Uh, so 2010, uh, for almost four years. Okay. Yeah. So almost made it like a, like a, like a president. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? Like a session, almost. <laughs> Trump's been at this longer than your. It's it, true. It yeah. lasted your he's, your first marriage. He's doing a better job than me. So that's obviously wasn't what you imagined, <laughs> and it was to Melissa. You were mm. married to Melissa, mm. and uh, how old were you guys when you started dating? Gosh, uh, so I was, I was nineteen, and you were I seventeen. I just turned seventeen, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds illegal. Um, <laughs> We may have found the problem. <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, okay. Oh, no, there's no need. Yeah, this isn't a... The, the, none of this can be held against you in a court of law. This is, <laughs> there's a fictional parentheses around the whole show. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we met each other at that point in time, and it was a, you know... Yeah, it was a, it was a development of a couple years where we got to the point where we, we started dating. Like her parents actually wouldn't allow us to date for like the first couple of years, but we were so into each other. Right. It was just like, no, nah, this is happening. And I mean, like we definitely like kept the rules and stuff as best we could, but it's like, there was a lot of attraction. Yeah. So let me give the, the quick synapse. I, I can't speak today. <laughs> um, maybe synopsis. You're using, maybe you're using your syntax. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Let me give a quick synopsis and then we go back. Like yeah. so, so long story short, you guys are young. You get married. Yeah. Four years later, you're divorced. I meet you. Yeah. You're saying, I'm never getting married to anyone else. Mm. This is my marriage. It has that's the way you were talking. Like yeah. this is my wife. She's has wants nothing to do with me, but I feel like God is calling me to commit. And this is, I'm married, I made a promise. Yeah. And it's like, I respect that. And I can imagine some people are like, you're crazy. Yep. And um, <laughs> and then, again, we'll, we'll go back to some details, but fast forward how many years later and you're mm. married again yeah. to Melissa. Yeah. How many uh, years was that? So we got remarried five years later. Like, okay. Not, a, not exactly like four and, you know, some change, but yeah. Okay. So you're here. Uh, I mean, you obviously are free to divulge to whatever extent you feel free. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to ask questions, and then you guys can handle that. Yeah. Um, you were you you were married four years. Uh, Why did you get divorced? Mm. My, like the, the first thing that comes to my mind is to 
to blame myself. You know, I think through some of the conversations we've had over the years, we've we've seen it was mutual. And that was what people were telling me a lot. But like, man, I'll be honest, like, um, it was there was a lot of unfaithfulness. Like, I would say on my part, whether it was in action or just in thought, you know, like I was I was watching porn. I was having like explicit I don't want to say like sex chat, like sexual conversations with women online. Um, how, was, how quickly into your marriage was that happening? A year. Yeah. So it was, it was basically a year in, cause I, I had been doing it like for a couple years prior to us meeting. And when I met her, there was this, you know, realization. It's like, oh man, like she's, I really felt she was the one. And so it was, there was this tapering off from like, I'm going to, you know, back off of this. Yeah. Um, but what happened is like, you know, the difficulty of, of the daily grind and realizing that all the hopes that I had put into her wasn't giving me what I expected it would give me the Mm. fulfillment, you know, like the sense of satisfaction I expected from marriage. It was what I was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And it, and this was the best person for me and it just didn't, it didn't do what I wanted. And so I internally, you know, it wasn't externally, I wasn't throwing tantrums, but I remember in my heart, there was just this, uh, rebellion mm. sent like a, a deliberate, like, this isn't good enough. I don't want what I've been given in, in some sense, you know? And it wasn't like I wanted to throw away the marriage entirely. I just was like, well, I guess I better look elsewhere, you know, like, yeah. Ooh feeling was first even though you knew it wasn't good yeah now what is it like for you to hear him say she didn't satisfy me Mm, Mm. it makes me just uh it's hard to hard to speak but Mm. um uh, not happy (laughs) (laughs) um it makes me feel like that my meaning my existence is meaningless Mm. kind of but you know that's not true. No, I know it's not true. Yeah. But in my relationship with you, yeah. it's like I've disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. And well, in some way, I mean, like, in that moment, you know, you left, I don't say, you, like, you left my view, but it was, it was like, okay, I got to move on in some way because what I was looking for, you know, like, the, that fulfillment, that satisfaction, it just wasn't there Mm -hmm. you know and um it sounds probably sound like a jerk saying that to my wife but it's just well so let me maybe let me put some context around that i think there's one way to put it is uh i don't like you you don't i don't find you satisfying yeah there's another way to put it which is i've i'm looking for things in you that are inappropriate to look for in you Mm -hmm. Right, and I think that's more what you're saying. Like, if I put my my hope Mm -hmm. in my wife, she wasn't made for that. It's necessarily going to fail. She cannot satisfy. So when I say I don't find satisfaction here, it's not so much a a condemnation of her as a person, right? But of what I'm doing to her. It's more of a confession. It was a inappropriate expectation on my part that she was going to give me something she couldn't. 
this is very difficult. This is a uh, <clears throat> this is a, it's idolatry. It yeah. is, and it's the trappings of the creation where God makes the world, puts you in it, mm. and then says, "But don't fall in love with it." <laughs> yeah. Food, dance, wife, art, and it, and and yet it's what we see and touch and feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I even had a conversation with you at, at Man Up, Man Up, like years ago, where I was expressing that very thing, mm. because that was, you know, a summary of what I was experiencing. It's like, um, God doesn't have, you, yeah, you told me that God doesn't have skin. Someone told you that, and I remember mm. that from the, that point in time, because it was just like, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Um, I, I just hit this point where it's like, well, I mean, God calls us to love him and worship yeah. him above all of these things and yet all but you're laying yeah, yeah. dead alone <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but this is the human experience like this is what God's calling yes yes you're you're not alone the flesh is alone and so the, the spirit must go on a, on a pilgrimage to find how to commune with God mm-hmm. or just run off into the mountains like Bilbo wanted to with his ring and just right. Okay, fine then. I'll just it'll just be about woman and drink and the new car and yeah. That's the the human struggle. Yeah. This is this is it. It's like a betrothal almost with God because you know you don't get what you you don't get the the nearness right away because he's you know he's a silent God a lot of the time or mm. he's invisible like mm. you know in in that you can't physically see or touch him. So. Yeah. It's like you're putting off, you know, yeah. for a greater reward. Yeah. That's right. And that is a betrothal. I mean, that's what we, we are the bride. He's the groom. He's coming. There will be consummation. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's actually, it's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, so in the meantime, the temptation will be to, to take that, those affections and put them on something else. Yeah. Now, it's really hard because even in a, you know, we look at a marriage it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. It's the closest uh, analog to the actual gospel, mm. right? So it's even wrought with peril. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, yeah, I like the new iPhone or whatever. It's fine. But it's not as in potentially intoxicating or perilous as marriage. No. no. And that's the thing. It's like, man, we... <laughs> you know, when I do weddings, I usually stand up there and, like, try to scare people. <laughs> You know, I'm like, oh, this is what are we really... doing? <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, you yeah. want to be with this guy? Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, like, can you have any idea what you're getting into, what you're asking for? And you're all just here, blind, <laughs> intoxicated with yeah. affections. You have you you have no idea what you're in for. Oh God, help us! This usually, and audiences out there like, uh, this is your pastor. But but it's it's coming out of a place of wisdom and understanding. I mean, you should have read our vows to each other the second time around, because it was like, like the next time around, it was like, I love you and I will promise myself to you, but I will fail you and I will not keep like my my vows to you. I will I will fail you. It was part of my vows. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's what way I usually. Well, it's because James says, right? Come now, you who say, Let you know, I will go. go to such and yeah. such a city, make such a, such a money, and come right. back. And so what? I bring that into the wedding vows and say, come now, mm-hmm. you who say for better or for worse, mm-hmm. 
Like really, you can say that. Mm. So the way I, what we do is we we co- we uh, couch it in the grace of God by God's grace. Yeah. This is my desire to be faithful, to be supportive, and man, I suck, but God is good, and let's lean into Him. And those yeah. are some of the things that you guys have learned in our learning. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay, so you are now. Let's rewind. We, we kind of diverged there. You're yeah. for, in marriage. A year in, you start. Basically being unfaithful. Yeah. Um, how would you answer the question, why did you get divorced? Um, well, I lost him and then I walked away. As yeah. simple as it is, I think, in my mind. Mm. Like, I, he wasn't there. He checked out and I was like, mm. he, he has pledged himself to other things and I'm... I'm not sure how to function or survive, survive like this. So you knew that was happening? Yes. Yeah. yeah. At some point you found out and then how I found out. I had the instinct just mm. that I knew yeah. I knew something was happening and yeah. And um how long between you discovering that and you walking away? Mm. Oof, I waited a very long time. Uh, at least it felt like that. Um I don't know the exact time period. It might have been like a year, it might have been like less than a year. That's like a couple. Yeah, so so twenty ten is when we got married and uh um I'd say it was late twenty eleven, twenty twelve when things really started going sour and by twenty fourteen, you know. Yeah. June twenty fourteen is when everything really hit the fan. Yeah, I so. held on as long as I could and I knew that like I, what I didn't want was an outcome. I didn't want, like, I wasn't actually waiting for him necessarily to turn around, even though I was. I was just waiting because I was supposed to be faithful. Yeah. Um, hmm. And then I, you know, didn't fulfill that end of the promise. So I did leave. Um, so, but that was my intent, was to just stay faithful. Um, yeah. Because I had a God, and I have a God. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know a little bit about your experience post-divorce because yeah. you were at Redeemer yeah. and uh, you know we're battling with all that and trying to pray for some reconciliation there and in a lot of ways just trying to survive. Yeah, like it was. Uh, I never expected on the you know going into it. You know, people talk about how bad it is and stuff, but uh, emotionally, it was something I. I never would have imagined and have never seen a parallel to like it um yeah you know, feeling fire like a like a sensation of burning like on my skin from rejection is mm. not something i thought was a real thing <laughs> you know, like i could not conceive of that until it happened to me you know um yeah <clears throat> yeah i posed a question in a sermon several months ago would you rather your wife die or leave you wow I don't know. That now, I don't mean to wish her dead, but I just mean like, which which is more painful? Right. You know, at, at least if if she's gone, it sounds really weird. <laughs> if she's gone because she passed away, you know, it 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 wasn't rejection. Right. But rejection is looking at you and everything you are and saying, no. Yeah. I don't want that. And that was just like, I withered. You know, like <laughs> like. And, and and since I put my hope in her and gave her that credence and lent her that trust, it was just, I had no foundation after that. You know, that's why I, I suddenly, you know, June is when it happened. 
July, suddenly I appear at Redeemer and I'm just like, you know, like, piece me back together, please. You know, like, Had you fallen out of church? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when I moved to Cedar Rapids, we started like church hunting in 2010-ish, but just never really landed anywhere. And um, most of the places we went to were just kind of like, hmm. Um, I remember going to a KJV only church and a lot of recurring experiences kind of like <laughs> that. And I was just like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what I want, but I don't think this is it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, yeah. it wasn't the time. <clears throat> um, so, so Melissa, what, what, what did that period, you know, look like for you? I mean, I'm sure it varied a lot, but you know, be, so you, you leave, where, where does your mind, your heart, your life go during these few years of post-divorce? No, we're good. Um, I experimented with being free. Um, so, like, mm. just doing what I wanted to be free in order to... Free from... Away, free from Sam. Okay. Free from um, betrayal. Mm. And so I would party. I would, you know, I made new friends who were bad examples, and I did not mind that. I partook in that, like, you know. And um, I... I had made really bad choices. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll talk about whatever, but I just I made a lot of bad choices and um, ran away and just lived in sin pretty much, even though I w- wasn't aware it was sin. Hmm. Um, I like I I guess the the blinders were on and I just ran away and I feeling thought, is first. Yes, I I thought I was healing too. That's the thing is like I thought all this was like a healing thing and I just needed to experience love from other people to comfort me and to mend my broken heart. And like, I was just stuffing things down and down and down because I didn't want to face the fact that my heart was broken. And mm. um, it was like, you know, like it felt like, um, I'm getting really emotional again, but I guess this is just gonna be part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, kind of an emotional story. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt like my heart just was like ripped out of my, you know, my body. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, just, <clears throat> it was an empty place where he was supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when God, well, you know, part of what, what you guys experienced there is, was the tearing asunder, the tearing apart of the one flesh, that yeah. that there is a reality to which when we're knit together, to, you know, we become, the two will become one, right? Now that's a shadow, not completely like, not like, like with God, right. but it's, mm-hmm. it's a very strong analog, like I said, and, and, uh, and so that's what you were experiencing. It wasn't just the loss of an external thing. It was this this thing that had been mingled together, yeah. as imperfect as it was, yeah. is now being, I mean, how do you tear one thing apart without right. breaking it, you know? And You know, it's, it's something I thought about, too, after it happened, is like, you know, without, I don't know how to say it, getting too graphic or explicit. It's like, I mean, we literally, there's a joining, right? right? And it, 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 produced a physical sense of uh misplacement or like something being missing like you know it's at, if you listen to the love songs you know the the sensation of that person's body no longer being there and all these things it's like well it's because they're part of you mm-hmm. you know essentially yeah. you know i that's how i experienced it it was just like ripping a limb off or something it's yeah just like, <laughs> i don't know how to explain it it's yeah 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 so, during that period, did you just completely walk away from church, God, also? 
No, I thought I was being faithful during the whole time. Um, I, I kept my faith in God to an extent, but it was more like, uh, help me, please, was most of what I, and then I would, I would pray, like, for help a lot, and, like, I would go to church, and it wasn't just to, to do church, like, I, I've never, I've always kind of been, I, like, I got saved at a young age, so I was always very much like, you know, God is going to stay first in my life, but it didn't end up being like that. <laughs> um, it ended up being where um, he was at a comfortable distance. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, because, um, like, I didn't read my Bible. Um, I had nothing, no friends that were Christians who could convict me. Um, <laughs> no one to kind of, like, put their hand on my shoulder and be like, hey, you're going the wrong way. Like, I didn't have anybody like that, and I probably wouldn't have wanted that either. Yeah, but there was just enough, a lifeline. You weren't so gone that you were like, this is bull crap, God's not real, I'm out of here. There was like, yeah. it was there. Yeah. Um, so obviously this, look, you guys, there's a lot. We could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I wanna, So I just want to get the highlights though. Yeah. And and uh, so you're in this season, we're now post-divorce and, you know, kind of lostness. Um Sam, you started. Ex- would you say you experienced some some healing and uh, building up from the Lord during yes. that season? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it really started with. Um, I remember one particular experience not long out from the moment where I got you know kicked out of the house, and I was homeless in the sense that I was staying with a friend and had an inflatable mattress and a vehicle to drive to work, and that's all I had, um, uh, and. I remember, you know, involuntarily having, you know, it was almost like a, you know how they say your life flashes before your eyes when you die? I was having these involuntarily, like involuntary recollections of my entire life. Hmm. And I, I just saw that it was my fault. Like up until that point, I had pushed away thoughts of guilt and thoughts of, um, I'm responsible for uh, the cheating. I'm responsible for the you know all the stuff that I did, and it was just like it burst onto me mm. in that moment. And you know, I, w- I I was at work <laughs> when it happened. I was in you know this uh, I don't know how to say it. Like at work, there's these hallways filled with products that we send out to be shipped, and there's sometimes like 50, 60 people in this area, just in the aisle next to you, and. And I just wept, you know, <laughs> like, and I fell on my knees and I had not prayed. I, I mean, I don't remember how long, two, three years. And I had gotten to the point where I was like, I don't know if God, he either doesn't exist or he doesn't love me but prior to that. And in that moment, it was just like, I suddenly saw my need, you know, I saw that, that I needed saved, that I had screwed my life up so badly that I couldn't fix it. You know, and and a, a genuine cry of just like, help me, you know, <laughs> and yeah. and things were very different after that, and that was around the same time I started going to Redeemer, and and from then on it was just, um, you know, I experienced it as coming before spiritual, uh, uh, how do I say this, authorities, like someone in my life who came up to me and said, hey, I remember talking to uh, Garrett, he was the first person from Redeemer I talked to. And I sat down and told him my story, uh, and he and uh, and he's like, "Wow, you're a real screw up." <laughs> you know, something to that effect. 
Yeah, that's a pastoral care. <laughs> it's a gentle. And it was just like, you know, that's how I, I received it as, yes, that's true. And no one has told me that yet. I really am, you know. And, and from, you know, that's, that was the beginning of the restoration process, you know. And from then on, it was this slow revealing of God being everything that I had thought I desired in my wife. Um, and much more, you mm. know. Um, and and so then, you know, it was just like the the layers began to unfold over the process of a few years, and you know, all the things that I had valued um, to to escape, you know, like video games, um, you know, things I wanted comfort from, and things to hide in, alcohol, video games, yeah, my wife, you know, like other potential relationships and all those things, they like lost their glow i don't mm -hmm. you know the things of the world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace that was it yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and so there's yeah so then obviously a continual rebuilding process and um yeah well so we'll get to you know kind of what it looked like to move toward reconciliation for you guys um melissa what did that turn Oh, I'm assuming it's if I remember correctly there was a a sense of a turn for you of like okay the way I'm living this isn't good and there's a, there's yeah. a turn prior to you and Sam oh, yeah. reconciling what, yes. what what did that look like Um I'm happy to share that Yeah Um so I was working at Panera Bread um and this was just the place I was working at for the time being to kind of get me through it was like a workaholic like if I just do good enough impress everybody make friends with everybody um tick all the marks, you know, every, every, all that stuff, then I will be content and I will be a happy, beautiful, awesome person that everyone loves. And mm. my life will be in order. Well, um, <laughs> my life fell apart and I, my sin was brought to me and what was happening, like this was a supernatural thing, everything just fell apart. Um, and it just, it was like a weight had been set on Panera. And that's, that's the best way I can use to describe it because I think that, like, just stuff started coming up, like, from the grates. Like, it was, like, like toxic, like, poison just coming up. <laughs> and um, then after me rebelling further and losing myself and, you know, just sin and all that stuff, I was fired from my job. Hmm. Um, and that was my livelihood. That was my identity. Um, that was my everything. And I thought I had indefinite grace there. Hmm. You know, it was because I could um, maybe show up 10 minutes late and it, it was nothing, you know, or um, I would put in 50 hours a week and I would think I'm the queen of the world or something like that. And you thought you had ingratiated yourself. I don't know what that means. It means. You, you know, how, how do I say this? You, you graced yourself. I was yourself. seasoned. Yeah. Oh, oh, graced yeah. myself. Okay, yes, I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was my own blessing, I guess. That makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, God saw fit to fire me from my job after me praying and praying. I would go to the shed out in the back from Panera just to pray and, and ask God for help because every time I was being spiritually pressed there to my, the best of my knowledge, I also started experiencing hallucinations and mm. stuff like that. Just all this stuff just from the weight just like just tore at me and 
and then I would just pray in the shed and ask for God to just just be with me and to help me and to just like not let go of me because I felt like I was being like you know uh, torn apart mm. and um, then he just saw fit to fire me I went out and walked out of that place thinking God thank you and that, yeah. and and I was like I, I I know now that you are where I'm supposed to be, mm. not at Panera. I'm supposed to be going back to you, yeah. and so. This is, can I interrupt for just yeah, a second? Go ahead. Yeah, this is. I, I just want to add another layer to this because I remember, like, uh, she had spoken to me a little bit when this happened, and um, like she had made some very suddenly like made some very uh, positive decisions, like. I, I, I don't want to like tell your story for you, you know, but I'm, I'm thinking about the oh, other things that yes, were happening yeah. like during that time yeah. period. Like suddenly she came up to me. <laughs> and this was this, we hadn't talked in forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was I, just I, like I had, she, been, I had shut him out. Yeah. I had. I mean, I had a a party where I burned my wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my level of anger towards yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and I and I mean I knew that, and I was just like. You know, I mean, like, I wasn't any—I wasn't anywhere near. I wasn't seeking communication at that point. I had long, you know, concluded she doesn't want anything to do with me, and that's the way it is, you know. Um, and suddenly she reached out, and the first message she sent me was, um, I'm going to try to quote it from memory because I can still sort of remember it. You make known to me the paths of life, right? In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. No context. Hmm. Just that. <laughs> Random Facebook message from his standpoint. And, and I, 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 I was stunned, you know, like just because I'm like, why, why? She didn't even like reading the Bible when we were married the first time, you know, and it was just like suddenly... I, I, it was like a ray of light. And so I, I talked to John Allen, people, my, my group leader at the time. And... Um, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I reach out? Do I try to, to, uh, you know, is this an opportunity for restoration or do I take this as a bait? I, I didn't know, you know. So lots of counsel later, I decided to make the move. Um, she had been in a relationship with the guy and, and they weren't married and they were living together and, and she wanted to have a uh, talk about the Bible. So... Uh, we had a couple conversations about the Bible that were very, um, I don't, so much was explained and revealed to her just through reading. I was alone. literally asking him, like, you know, okay, I'm doing this. Bible says not to. Are you, yeah. Is, is it for sure? Like, because like I, I had this question, you know, okay, what does it God say about, you know, you're not supposed to commit adultery before marriage. And then, you know, he brings up, yes, and like, that's, that's a biblical statement. You're yeah. not supposed to do that. And I was like, oh. You mean sex before marriage. Right. Like living yes. with someone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So you start feeling conviction about how you were living. Yeah. yeah. The craziest, yeah. I got to, there's one little detail. The first book, book she read was Numbers. Yeah. And yeah, that's that go-to discipleship. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Numbers. And it, I, I was, I remember the Nephilim, call, the Nephilim maker. <laughs> I called my dad. And I'm like, Dad, something's wrong. She's reading numbers. I don't, you know, like, what, this, I don't think it's supposed to go like this. And he's basically like reassuring me and saying like, No, this, you know, the spirit's bringing conviction into her yeah. life and all these things. And yeah. I'm just like, and, and I, I watched it happen. I didn't participate. Yeah, I yeah. was welcoming his wrath. Like I was just like, Yes, please. I just, I just need you. Like, 
just be a father to me, teach mm. me what I'm doing wrong. Ugh. And I mean, that's that's how it played out. There was this sudden change, and and all of a sudden it was just like, and I mean, I, get, I feel weird because I'm telling your story, but it's, I saw it from the outside, so I saw how drastic the change was. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it was just like, uh, being in a live-in relationship with somebody outside marriage is wrong. I shouldn't do this anymore. I told him to move out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happened, and then it, and then it was just like now I'm reading numbers, and then all this stuff, and I'm just like I'm. I, I didn't have input. Right. I just watched it happen. Yeah. You know, like, that's yeah. just like... And I knew, like, I knew in my heart, if I would have asked him for input, it would have fallen on... You know, he would have been like, oh, okay. So, the, you know, he would have thought it was an angle. And, you know, it may or may not have been. But I knew I had to do this myself. Yeah. Um, I knew it had to be, like, a stand-up-on-your-own-two-feet kind of thing. And um, I also really just wanted to experience, like being led by God, not some other person, no matter who that person is to me. I just, I wanted God to lead me. Mm. So, mm. so what, what you just, uh, perceived that he could help you understand some, some Bible yes. because of your experience, knowing his background and all that. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything is good to add that stuff. Anything in missing in between you getting fired and realize you need to go to God and this, yeah. this conviction level setting in with uh, the word. Well, when I messaged him on Facebook um, that first time, um, my heart was moved to know how he was, to know if he was doing okay. Because last I heard, he was homeless. And um, I just, when God changed my heart, softened it, and I suddenly forgave him. So, yeah. I was homeless for three years. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the sense you had, <clears throat> you had a sense of forgiveness toward him. Yes, yeah, just is that bitterness? That's the you know when someone asks Jesus, uh, "Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife?" Yeah, you know, and he basically says no, and then he talks about how Moses allowed it in in the uh, because of the hardness of your heart. The hardness of, when when adultery happens, yeah, because of the hardness of your heart. So he's saying it's not that silly. That's a good thing. And when someone commits adultery, you should run out and get divorced. And you should still look for a way forward. Uh, but that is so difficult because of our hardness. We're not mm-hmm. as great. We aren't faithful like God. God mm-hmm. will endure to the end. We have a breaking point. And the bitterness can come in and it can be un, unable to be surmounted apart yeah. from the grace of God. And as you said, God gave you that grace to, to forgive, to, to move toward reconciliation. And that. There's so much that happened. In, in her reconciliation to me, my reconciliation to God, that was unintentional on our individual parts. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I didn't, I didn't foresee or plan to have a sudden breakdown at work. Doesn't sound like something no. I would want to do. You know, <laughs> like, and for her too, it, it was just like. You know, it's more as though it came upon us. You know, that's how we, that's how I experienced it, and I, you know, I think for her too, yeah. Well, spoken like a true Calvinist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that experience definitely changed some theology in me. You know, I went from four pointer to however many more you can go. Nine. Um, <laughs> well, listen. You know, I just I talked about this in. Uh, Recently, I did a, a Hymns Explained video on YouTube where I taught through Great Is Thy Faithfulness. But the, particularly the, um, 
John Piper version where he adds his own stanzas and he says this and we've seen this at church I I could go no no I was just saying like I remember this additional verse because I don't know when it was added maybe last year but it was whoa all of a sudden it was just like we just kicked it into high gear (laughs) right so he says here's what he says I could not love thee so blind and unfeeling that's me I'm blind and unfeeling covenant promises fell not to me Mm -hmm. right so I was outside yes the, the, the fold then Something happened. What, what you're saying is you didn't do this. Without warning, desire, or deserving. So you're standing in this aisle at work. At fault. At fault, not deserving. <laughs> desire. You don't even know what you need, yeah. much less to ask for it. And there's no warning. Suddenly upon you comes yeah. a revelation, a change of feeling. Yeah. yeah. This, the, this is what I'm talking about in relation to, you know, I, I don't want to get off on this, but like in relation to the band and things like that music came to me suddenly songs i had not heard since i was a child were in my mind yeah and bible verses started coming to me yeah i had not read my bible in years yeah like a couple years at that point and it was just like they're just flowing out of my mouth you know like and i (laughs) you know i'm a janitor I, i i clean bathrooms for part of my job at least and i'm in there in the bathroom alone weeping of happiness yeah. You know, like, because of the sudden just, like, bringing to memory of songs and verses telling me about who God is, what he's done for me, his promises to me, and his love for me. And it's just, you know, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Because that's what I was looking for. It was like, I saw in that moment, it was a very long moment of several months, given, you know, but, but that's what I was looking for the whole time. Yeah. You know, um, another experience that I remember right around that time period is moving into uh, my rental house on 17th street and I had no furniture. I had an inflatable mattress and my Bible and I didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) So I I sat there and I just started reading. I read Genesis into Exodus and I got to, is it 34 or 32 where um, Moses meets God and God puts him into the cleft of the rock and passes by, right? And he proclaims himself before Moses. And, I mean, I... No. I get emotional when I think about it because it was, I was, it was you know, it was a realization. That's, that's the kind of God I want. You know, like... Yeah, like, like I had made all these other things by God. And here is a God who fulfills his promises and who is the things that I'm looking for. You know, that's and it's, that that was really a big moment. You know, there were a lot of moments during that that yeah. brief period, but it was just like bam, 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 just getting hit over and over with stuff like that. Oh, it would <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, you know, like I wasn't dry I wasn't I wasn't Driving the bus. I, I wasn't. It no, just, you're it a victim. <laughs> a victim of grace. A happy victim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Mm. You know, when people say, you're telling me God violates our free will. It's like, yes, praise yeah. God. <laughs> Thank oh, you. this is the best thing that's ever happened oh, to me. Man. It's called being rescued from yourself. And, oh. Amen. So again, these are highlights. And uh, man, if people want to hear more, talk to them. But... Um, 
let's let's fast forward to what what did it look like? Like when did you first get the inkling that oh my gosh, we might be getting back together? <laughs> oh man. You know, I did have a lot of reservations and the first several months I really like didn't know where things were going. So so to lay like a really brief can I yeah, try to lay it yeah, yeah, okay. So it was like the moment she'd referred to earlier, she lost her job, then all these things started happening, right? She suddenly is living single and uh, a couple months pass. And we do this weekly thing where it's like we sit down and we start reading the Bible. Just you and her? In the library. We would go to Cedar Rapids Public Library. We sat down, get coffee, and just read. And that's all. We would read a chapter and talk about it. And it was just like, you know, things being revealed to her. It was both miraculous and horrific because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was like oh my god wait a minute I'm perceiving reality in this way yeah what is wrong with me and then I'd be like oh and this is what God does and this is who God is and I'm like um, I'd rather have some of that please yeah yeah so so how do I say this at some point during that process we just began to talk about it because obviously we were married for several years you know and it was just like hey do you still have feelings for me i don't i don't remember i honestly don't remember exactly how it went i just remember that that gradual like turning towards each other the affection began to exist again you know for i don't know exactly how to say that but but and we had several conversations in the car as I would just like, you know, send her back to her house. And, and there was always this sense of kind of like regret and sorrow for the things that we had done to each other and a desire to make it right, you know. And yeah, it was during that process, um, probably like two or three months of us just reading and spending time together at the library which sounds really boring but (laughs) But yeah once once the um, idea of of us maybe being interested in each other started happening again i know from my perspective i was like well okay but i'm actually supposed to be healing right now so i'm gonna put the god first and i'm gonna make sure that this stays just a bible study even if it is with a boy even if it is just one-on-one it's in a public place this is with a goal with a mission and that's to understand God, and I needed some help, and he was literally like the only person I knew who had any understanding of God. Hmm. So I was like, okay, please help me, I just need some help right now. And um, so he he did help me, and then attraction started growing again. Hmm. And I was, I think, um, I was just coming out of a relationship, that relationship I had been in, and um, I, I the warning signals kind of came came going off like yeah. I was just like okay what what do I do because you know I that I need to put my foot down with this other guy and then do I just jump back into a relationship with him again and you know that was just like well look how it went the first time and like yeah. I didn't have any reason to go back into that as far as like the outcome and all that yeah. but um I don't know, just, um, I, I guess my heart just changed again, and I was just like, I was overcome with, I guess, you know, just emotion, 
yeah. about it. And I was like, this is, I think this is what I want, even though I'm not sure how it will go this time. I think that Sam has become humbled this time. Um, I have been convicted this time, and I realized that I'm not perfect. Sam's not to blame. You know, there's all this stuff. Like, that was how I had viewed it before, was I was the victim, he was the perpetrator, mm. and that was how it, you know, that's how, um, that's how I viewed it, and that's how, um, I guess, just kind of how it went for a long time in my mind, so... Um, just kind of facing that was like, wait a minute, if, 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 if he is like, if he is, if he is not to blame and I am still guilty, like, I'm not lovable, why would he want me, you know, and, but yet, like, we had conversations about that and mm. he still, still wanted me. Mm. Why? I mean... I am to blame, you know, for so, so, you know, from her perspective, that's how she felt. But I, I had the desire to reconcile it. You know, I never really stopped loving her. I just, you know, when you bash your head against a brick wall enough times, you're going to be like, well, I can't do that anymore. I mean, I was afraid that I was going to be hurt, but as, as far as I saw, how do I say it? That the marriage didn't, it didn't end right. And I felt that it was left unfinished. I don't know how to say it other than that. You know, like, and that was my conviction. Was that like this, yeah, the divorce happened in a court and all this stuff. You know, according to the state, there was, there was a divorce. And, you know, maybe there really was a divorce. Um, but, you know, and I don't, I don't claim to understand how, how to sort all of that out. For me, it was more the experience of we made vows to each other, and even though I know I'm gonna fail, and now I we both know we're gonna fail, we're grasping for something that's beyond us, you know, and that's the right thing to do, you know. I I don't know if that's helpful at all, but that's yeah, you know, <laughs> you know it's. Uh, you know, to say human beings are the image of God, it means in a lot of things. And I think for me, you know, like marriage becomes a picture in that way. It's not that you fulfill the image. You know, it's not as though you are the real thing. You're, you're just a, you're a reflection of the real thing. You know, and, and even though we fall short in all these ways, the image has to stay whole, stay complete, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, how long? So, again, I know there's a lot in there. We're skipping over stuff. Yeah. So now you guys are hot for one another. <laughs> and how long? And I remember you being at Redeemer for a season, dating, and yeah. still, and you know, still trying to figure out that was weird. You know, when and where do we. Yeah, you're dating your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. ex-wife or whatever well and not even really knowing you know it's like I said like not even really understanding the boundaries or like what is really happening like like are we married are we not yeah. I don't and, I don't know and <laughs> to even like entertain the idea of being with him that means that my entire life had to be uprooted mm. like the, the rug was literally like the the, yeah. the palace I had built for myself with all of this like yes you were innocent he was to blame like 
just like, you know, go live your life and just be happy and, you know, like what do what makes you feel good and all this stuff. That was ripped away from me and I had to admit like, okay, that was all just like stuff I regret. Mm. I don't want to be in that anymore. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, well that's right. It's a, I mean, so, in some way, I mean, there's a, your guys' story is, is obviously a mix of your reconciliation but also your coming to God. Aubrey's and I is similar to that. Yeah. Um, because what you're describing there is kind of is basically coming to Jesus, being born again. Like maybe you were a Christian before, and I think there's like post conversion uh, stories where there's this radical transformation. Yeah. But um, it wasn't just as simple as oh, I want to be with Sam. Like there's all this stuff going on, which like you basically said was giving up your kingdom for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Like the complete destruction of everything that you had built on sand. <laughs> yep. You know. Yep. And. Um, that happened to me too just a couple of years earlier. <laughs> it was just yeah. like staggered a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so how, timeline between, say, you start doing Bible study together to you're married. Oh, so let's see. Uh, December 2017-ish was when you sent that first message to me. So we got married in July of 2019. So little over two years yeah it, it took a long time i mean like maybe maybe it isn't that long i don't know i don't know how these things go <laughs> you know like but it it felt like a long time well especially i can imagine that when you're like because you feel like I, I know from my perspective i was like yeah she's your wife bro like just yeah. move in together like <laughs> my dad told me that i had permission from my pastor and my dad it's like, it doesn't get any better than that and yet i'm still just like no, but I think it's good. That's just that's a that's a kind of an objective look, but subjectively, there's a lot going on there, and, and God's doing things in you guys, and that's good. So a year and a half later, you you did a small wedding, kind of re re uh, recommitting yeah. type thing. Yeah, it was you know how do I say it? like what do you call that? We we honored the vows, you know, because in one sense it was just a returning to the commitment that we had already made. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And how long was that? That was 29th. So it's been a almost a year. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. In great. July. Yeah. And uh, everything's great now. It's perfect. Yes. No problems. We never fight. Yep. You never, never fight. I always wake up in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> well, sometimes that's true. Well, here's the deal, man. The reality is, it's it's our stories are never finished. I mean, this is good, and I in kind of one sense, you can put a bookend on on this and go, "Wow, look what God did! He restored this," and that's true. But it's not over, right? My marriage, you know, it's, you never arrived. Like I could go crazy. I could start drifting. My wife could yeah. wake up tomorrow and say, "I don't love you." I could find she, could, you know, find out I have another family. Like I don't. But you know, what I mean, <laughs> there's never there's never a finish line. Like yes, oh, okay, wow, we finally yeah. We finally arrived. Like, yeah, no, God did a great thing. Praise God for that. And now you have a lifetime of, you know, continued walk with God. You know, yeah. you, yeah. you might, you know, there's all kinds of challenges. That could, you could be a, there could be a pandemic. You could oh. lose your job. You could lose children. You, there's ongoing things. So, I want to celebrate what what God has done. And I think this is a great story. And, uh, uh, but yeah, we're not we're not done. It's not yeah. like yeah, everything's great now. Um, but it's better. I do. I, it does seem that way. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of toying with the title for the podcast, Divorce divorce and Remarriage to the Same Person. <laughs> but 
Because that's an interesting story. But yeah. really, as you're talking, it really wasn't the same person. No. He actually told me his former self had died. He told me that. I don't know if I said, said that dramatically. Who I am. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so I remember, I remember this. He said, who I, I, who I am, who I used to be is dead. Melissa. He said that. It's the spirit of it. Yeah. Well, it's just, so that's, uh, that's the hope. You really can change, you know. Um, yeah, so it really wasn't the same person. In one sense, yeah, you're Sam, but, but there was a difference. There was a difference. You had been transformed. Yeah, and, like, uh, there... There's a huge difference, and I could I could tell you each way he has changed, and just from what I can see. Tell me one. Ooh. He doesn't fixate on me as the apple of his eye. Like he will, he'll like. He yes, he he loves on me, and he takes care of me, and he's sweet. But he's clearly got his gaze fixed somewhere else. Hmm. Is that freeing to you? Um. Yeah. I used to constantly be like, oh my gosh, like. Does he, like, he would idolize me, and I knew it, and I hated it. I just was, like, walking around with this, like, big burden all the time. Like, oh, my gosh, he thinks of me as, like, some big, and I would make this monster in my head of what I would appear to him. And that was, like, you know, covered in golden chains and just disgusting stuff. And, like, I would be like, this is what I am to him. I'm a girl. I'm just me. And he doesn't see me as a person. Like, and so, like, that was... Yeah, it's just kind of... <laughs> it's, it's ironic um, and counterintuitive, but then we'll wrap this up with... I've quoted this in sermons. Uh, it's uh, C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce. Um, the story is, uh, you know, he believes in purgatory, right? Mm-hmm. So there's these people in Anglican. purgatory. Yeah, there's these people in purgatory, and they take a field trip uh, to heaven, yeah. right? To see if they want to stay or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, get out of purgatory. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a, a guy who comes from purgatory and he meets his wife in heaven. Mm. Right? And so she's different. And she says something to the effect of, you know, things can be better now. I, I am in love. Mm. And she means in, like, you know, yeah. Love, like yeah, yeah, trans, yeah. transrational, right? She's in it. And he goes, are you saying that we weren't mm. in love? He's, he can only hear offense, right? She's trying mm. to win him with beauty and wisdom. He can't hear it. And she says, no, what, what we call love down there on earth, what most people call love is really a need to be loved. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so you don't need me? And she says, right. <laughs> and now we can truly begin to love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where God can love us because he doesn't need us. Which means he's never getting anything out of us. He's always just pursuing and pouring forth. Mm. The relationship is not co- is not contaminated or corruption with his desires to self fulfill. It's like, um, you know, how do I say? It? Like, like for me, like an experience of heaven uh, braced me to experience marriage in a way where I wasn't com- consumed with the the partner. You know, the other person. Right. And yeah, that's that's how it was. You know, like the down payment of our inheritance, right? The Holy Spirit. Uh, I, it, it's it's like the garden, right? There's a certain amount of of things being restored, you know, back to the way that they should be, and that had to happen in me before there could be any real working, you know, of the way. I'm not saying things are perfect. We've already been through that, but it's it's things but it's have different. improved. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, that's the irony, because we feel like 
you know, the world and this romance tells us that the way the, that a relationship will be successful is that you will, you, you will be the most for one another, mm. you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that we know because we're creatures made by God to be fulfilled in Him, that, you know, I would say your wife needs to come in second, <laughs> at least. Yeah. You know, like, and there's a freedom there. It's good for her. And you, yeah, everybody involved. That she, she said something just a minute ago when it was the, the, the part about how you hated that I put you on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Most people would love that. Well, not, they wouldn't, but we think we would. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I was sitting there thinking that. It was, I was, it was like, that drove me crazy the first time. <laughs> like, I'm like, but I'm obsessed with you. Why don't you like that? You know, yeah. like. Yeah. And she just. It, it's right. like it's you, my, you can see her skin crawl and, and I my just, gut reaction oh. just like I'm not for that yeah. that's not my purpose yeah it was the intuition I think that's like I'm not this thing you're seeking you know whether she understood that explicitly I don't think she did but yeah yeah it's just a lie and it's un, it's unfair treatment of people yeah and it's what we do oh gosh so well good best best podcast ever <laughs> I know you didn't expect to be. There in the hot seat. No, but uh, I got free coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you did because I think, yeah. you know, it was good to hear a lot of what you shared and I think it's good. So yeah. thanks to both of you for being willing to put that out there. Yeah. And it's a testament to God's mercy and his timing. I mean, there's so much there like um, endurance, faithfulness, being wrecked. I mean, all this stuff. Yeah. So just strong gospel themes coming out there. So. Mm. That's good. I think that's about it. We'll yeah. put, a, put a bow on it. Um, anyone wants to know Sam and Melissa and hear more of their story and, uh, yeah, reach out to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, as usual, if you have topics you'd love for us to uh, discuss on the podcast, I'd love to do that. Actually, that's what you responded to, I believe. I, I said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, that's right, you did. And he's like, hey, what about me? <laughs> Let's talk about me. Uh, that was that was it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's good. So thankful for God's work in your lives and your presence at Redeemer. And uh, yeah. yeah, excited for to see what he continues to do. So thanks, Don. Yep. Thank you for having us. Yep. See you later, guys. Bye.